0: You're listening to Sermon Audio from Gospelite Baptist Church. For more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit gospelite.org. This morning we're going to be talking about the topic of the whys and the lies of discipleship. I like things that rhyme. I'm a little corny like that, but they're easy to remember. So whys and lies of discipleship. You know, last week on Sunday, I was sitting on the couch with my son, Desmond. How many of you know Desmond? Okay, good. This will make sense to you then. Um, Des is a little nuts, but uh, he cannot sit still for anything. He's four years old, and the kid is so hyper. I'm sitting there on the couch with him. We're watching this cartoon, and it's like this nice father-son bonding time, right? And before I know it, before I even know what happened, he is on my shoulders, kneading my hair like it's pizza dough and I'm thinking interesting but he's for it's okay it's not hurting me I'm okay a few seconds later those little hands come down and they start kneading my eyebrows like they're pizza dough and I'm thinking not as I'm not crazy about that I don't like things near my eyes and so I let it go anyway and then he decides you know since I've gone this far might as well play with the eyeballs too right that that was my reaction like literally what are you doing and i grabbed his hands i pulled him off my shoulders i looked at him i said desmond what are you doing why did you why did you think that was a good idea and des is very articulate and so he looked at me and he said i don't know (laughs) i grew up in a very religious home okay uh And I did very Christian things all the time growing up, always. And if you would have asked me, Craig, why are you doing that? That makes no sense. I would have articulately told you, I don't know, same thing. And we don't want to be at Gospel Light. We don't want to be the, I don't know why I'm doing this, Christian. If we're going to follow Christ, we better know why. That gives us purpose. That gives us direction. Most people that don't know why they're doing something eventually stop doing it. Because they're going to meet challenges. And they don't have a reason to go through them. So we're going to talk about the whys of discipleship so that we understand why we should follow Christ. We're also going to talk about the lies of discipleship. Because I believe there are many misunderstandings about discipleship. And we want to clear those up. So we're going to talk about how we should understand discipleship and how we shouldn't understand discipleship. And to, and to start, we have to start at the beginning. In the beginning, there was God. Now, God was perfect, right? Perfect God. And he decides to create. Pretty awesome. Universe. We have it. Universe. Heaven, earth, everything is perfect. At the apex of creation, he decides to create the object He is going to love being man. Man is perfect. God is perfect. Literally, heaven and earth in perfect harmony. In fellowship. It is literally heaven on earth at this time. Perfect unity. Man, though, decides they're going to rebel. We're going to rebel. Now listen, God is the life of this creation. Man chooses, I don't want life. So if you're not choosing life, what are you choosing? Death. Man chooses death. We have a problem. Now we have perfect God. We have imperfect man heading towards death. And we have broken fellowship. Heaven and earth separated. God gives the law. There's a standard. This is heaven's standard. If you can reach the standard, you can bring heaven, you can bring earth back to heaven. No matter how good the man could never do it. Never good enough to bring earth back to heaven. Can't do it. So heaven came to earth. Enter Christ. We're going to bring heaven, we're going to usher heaven back to earth. And Christ was 100% man. God, lived 100% perfect, and died the death that we deserve on the cross. Why? So heaven could be on earth again. He made a way. Correction, Christ didn't just make a way. He is the way. Scripture says, I am not me, but God. Christ is speaking, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Here's the first thing we all need to understand about discipleship. The first why of discipleship is because there is no other way for you to get back in fellowship with heaven. Christ is it. He is the only way. If we want renewed and restored fellowship, Earth wants renewed and restored fellowship with with heaven, with God. It has to be through Christ. It is not optional. There's no other option. So, here's what I'm trying to tell you. The first thing that we have to understand is being a disciple is not a request from God, it's a command. There's no other way around it. There is no, I'll just be good enough. Nope, can't do it. For thousands of years, mankind has tried, never reached heaven. Never be good enough. It has to be through Christ. What do I mean by being a disciple is not a request from God, it's a command? Well, here's what I mean. If you look at Luke 9, 23, it says, And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Later on in that passage, in, in verse 57, it says, As they were going along the road, someone said to him, him being Jesus, I will follow wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and, the, and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. Now I'm an English teacher. If I say follow me, that's called an imperative sentence. That means it's a command. It's not asking me to do something. I'm telling you to do it. He's saying, this is the way. You come this way or no way. It's not optional. He, and the, but he said, Lord... Let me first go bury my father. That seems like a reasonable request. Like how many pastors do you know where they say, hey, listen, we have a meeting at five. And it's about we're having a discipleship meeting at five. Awesome. But I have a funeral for my dad. Yeah, no, you're going to come to the discipleship meeting. How would that go? That's literally what Jesus is saying here. No, you're going to follow me. But I want to go bury my I want to go bury my father. What does Jesus say? Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, I'll I'll clear this up here for you in a second. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Discipleship is a command and let me tell you, you are fit or you are unfit for the kingdom of God and it's based on whether you follow or you don't follow. It's based on if I follow or if I don't follow. Guys, there's no other option. It's through Christ. The kingdom of God is for those who follow Christ. That's good news. Because now I don't have to live up to the law. I don't have to be perfect. I can follow. Follow the one who reached and fulfilled that perfection. Now I have hope in the person of Jesus Christ, but I have to follow Jesus Christ. In John eight twelve, it says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That is awesome news. This world is walking around in darkness and Jesus says, listen, I'm the light. I'm here. If you follow me, you don't walk in darkness anymore. You don't walk the path of death. Now you're going to walk the path of life. If you just follow me, that's great. He says, my sheep in John ten twenty seven, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Now, what do his sheep do? Follow. If we're his sheep, we follow him. If we're not his sheep, we don't follow him. If anyone serves me, he must, John 12, 26, must follow me. Now, here's awesome news. And where I am, there will my servant be also. Isn't that awesome? We can be with Christ. We can have fellowship with God again. Heaven and earth can come together again through who? Christ. Christ. But it must be through Christ. Because I become like Christ. I am being, becoming more in his image. I was created in the image of God. He's renewing that. I'm becoming like him again as I follow him. There's a, there's a Christianese word for that. It's called sanctification. Okay, it's a big word. All it means is I'm becoming like Christ. Okay, it's the process of becoming like Christ. Now, I become like who I follow. Okay, so let me give you a let me give you an illustration that helps you with this. So when I was in when I was a kid, I'm going to say kid. I'm not going to tell you how old I was when I wanted to be this because it's embarrassing. Okay, but when I was a kid, um, it's actually not too bad. But when I was a kid, I, I, I while all my friends wanted to be pastors, they wanted to be scientists, they wanted to be engineers police officers, firemen. They had all these great goals. I had a much loftier goal and higher aspiration, okay? I wanted to be a garbage man. I'm not kidding. Why are you laughing? I wanted to be a garbage man, and here's why, okay? In my city, the garbage men would hang off the back of the trucks, pull up to your house, grab the garbage, throw it into the garbage compactor. Now, there's two things I loved about that. While the truck was moving, they didn't have to sit down and they didn't have to wear a seatbelt. That was it. That's what I loved. And so I hated wearing a seatbelt in the car. And I thought, if I'm a garbage man, I don't have to do that. I can hang off the back of the truck, throw caution to the wind. It's awesome. Hey, newsflash, I didn't become a garbage man. Okay. You know why? I didn't follow the path to become a garbage man. I didn't do the necessary things to become a garbage man. As a human, do you know why we don't become like Christ? When we don't follow the path of Christ. It's that simple. You want to become like Christ, you follow the path of Christ. You follow the way. That's the only way you can do it. That's what I want today. I want to be like Christ in my home. I want to be like Christ in my community. I want to be like Christ in this church. But I can't do that if I'm not following Christ. And I know that it sounds like discipleship, Jesus calling you to follow him, is asking a lot of you. It's asking a lot of sacrifice. And it seems like it's not easy. It's not. But I'll be honest with you. In my experience, hang easy. I'll give up easy for love. I'll give up easy for real joy. I'll give up easy for satisfaction and fulfillment and purpose and completeness. I'll give, satisf- I'll give up easy for an actual relationship that sustains me through this life. I'll give up easy because there's no easy way through this life anyway. So might as well do it with Christ. Christ. I'll give up easy to follow Christ. Every follower of Christ is being sanctified. Every follower of Christ is becoming like Christ. There's some things that I want to clear up. Here's, here's something that I want to clear up, a lie that I want to clear up. And it's this term Christian that I use all the time, that we use all the time in our culture. We throw around this word a lot and we label people Christian all the time. I, I label myself I believe I was labeling myself a Christian before I was a Christian. Now I'll tell you why. If you look at Acts 11:26 says this, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch for a whole year. They met with the church and had taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. OK, What were they first, Christians or disciples? Disciples. See, the term Christian is reserved for a disciple of Christ. Do you know why I called myself a Christian when I was younger? Because I went to church. I called myself a Christian because I memorized Bible verses. I called myself a Christian because I said the right things. Guys, that's not Christian. I became a Christian when I decided to follow. So what does follow mean? Well, discipleship is not a call to a program. Now, don't worry. I talked to a preacher about this, all right? We're all for the program here. But the program is not following God. Meaning, if I go through the program, I'm not some, all of a sudden, magically a perfect disciple of Christ. Okay? The program's a good thing, but you know what discipleship is a call to? It's a call to a life with Christ. Not a curriculum about Christ. I talked to a preacher and he, was, he said, we have these banners up here, the year of discipleship. And I love the focus of discipleship. I'm a small groups pastor. That's my heart. All right, I breathe discipleship. That's what I love to do. I love connecting people relationally to Christ. But when we talked, he said, you know what, that, Craig, that really shouldn't say a, the year of discipleship. It should say a life of discipleship. We don't want our church going through a curriculum in a year and being satisfied with that. We're not trying to get you through a program. We're trying to get you to a person. We're trying to connect relationally to who Christ is. Because only Jesus can change who I am. And only Jesus can renew that fellowship again. So what is discipleship? Well, following Christ. That's what it is. So what is following Christ? Following Christ is simply laying down everything to pursue Christ. That's it. Now it's simple, not easy to do. But what do I mean laying down everything? I mean, he is priority in everything. Every part of my life not just on Sunday when I when I come to church. I have such a hard time sometimes because I separate God from my everyday life. I'll read, I'll read my Bible reading and then I leave God there. Or I'll come to church on the weekend. Okay, I did my part, I'm good to go. No, no, no. In everything, you know, God doesn't mind being at your work with you. God doesn't mind. Dealing with your kids while you're child-rearing with you? He doesn't mind. In fact, he wants to be a part of that. God loves you. And he wants to be with you. Why else would he send his son? So if you have not begun that journey yet of following Christ, I want to encourage you, after the end of this message, we're going to have a song. During that song, we're going to have elders up here, we're going to have some staff members up here. If you say, "I want to start following Christ," and I don't know exactly how to do that, please come to the front during that song. I'll invite you one more time at the end to remind you, but I want more people to follow Christ, and now I'll tell you why. Now we'll go into four whys and lies of discipleship, OK? Let's go to Ephesians three. We're going to go to Ephesians 3:14 through 21. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. And today I may be talking to a carnal Christian that needs to be motivated to grow. A carnal Christian is just one, a baby. You're a baby in Christ, you just met him, you started following. That's great. I'm glad you're following him. And maybe you need to be motivated and given a reason to continue and keep growing. Or maybe you're a disciple that is timid and hesitant to disciple someone else. Maybe you're a disciple who's gotten complacent and needs to be reminded of what God has been to you and for you and through you. Or maybe you're a disciple that's on fire and you just need encouragement that you're not the only one that's passionate about following Christ. I don't know who all I'm talking to this morning, but I can tell you this. Paul here is talking to the church of Ephesus. And in Ephesus, we have these two groups of people. We have Jews, we have Gentiles, okay? And they keep fighting over things that don't matter according to the gospel. They keep fighting over circumcision or no circumcision. Jewish ways or Gentile ways. Paul is saying, listen, it's Christ's way. In Christ, there's no Jew or Gentile. There's no circumcision or uncircumcision. There is free. There is my child. It's And Paul here is telling this church of Ephesus, Ephesus, I want you to unify under Christ. And here's what he says. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. The reason he needs the spirit in you is because in John 13, the Bible says that, that when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide us into all truth. He'll speak the things of the Savior. So Paul is saying, listen, I, I want the Spirit to indwell you because He's the guide. So let's continue. So that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. That you being Amen. Let's go into the first thing that discipleship does. This is following Christ. This is pursuing Christ, dropping everything, and pursuing Christ. Number one, discipleship, here's my first why, it increases knowledge of God. It increases knowledge of God. If you look at Ephesians 3.18, it says, that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all fullness of God. Now that's an interesting thing, right? Know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Now hold up. Is it knowing knowledge? No. Knowledge is part of knowing something. Okay? Let me, let me, let me show you something with my, with my daughter, okay? My daughter Candice, is she in here? Heathen. All right. No, I'm just kidding. She's in kid's life probably. And so my daughter, Candace, is deathly afraid of water. My wife can tell you. She Now, she's okay being in water, but it better not get on her face or near her nose or her eyes. And she's such a little princess in the water. She doesn't splash. She's just kind of like, yeah, anyway, that's her. So she's deathly afraid of water. And, and about two years ago, we're at the pool. Now, my son, Des, I'm not sure he is got anything in here so when he he will he will just run like the guy won't have floaties on nothing and he can't swim he'll just woo. we're good no sense candace on the other hand is very pragmatic okay so she's sitting there dez is jumping in without floaties we're going we're having to pull that kid out candace has floaties on every appendage And like a flotation device around her waist, standing on the edge, afraid, scared out of her mind to get into this water. So I get into the water and I say, Candice, literally, it is physically impossible for you to go under the water. There's no way. On top of that, I'll tell you what, if you just jump into my arms, it's not even a jump, you can just fall fall into my arms i'll take you and i'll slowly put you in the water so you can just kind of float around and be with everybody in the pool no des is like i'll show you candace (laughs) i grab him i pull him into the pool i said see candace look that's all i'll do with you i'll catch you i'll put you uh, baba i can't do it she calls me baba that's chinese for daddy okay And uh, she said, "Baba, I can't do it. I said, Candice, do you know that daddy's strong? Yeah. Do you know that I'll catch you? Yeah. Do you know that I love you? Yeah. And I can see it in her eyes. She's like, but my legs don't know that. (laughs) Right? Like, I know up here, all those things are true. I've even seen you do it for other people. But like, no, nah, I haven't done that, so I've never experienced you catching me. What happens the first time a kid does something that he's scared of and he sees that it works? You know as a parent you're going to be there for the next half hour doing the same thing over and over and over again because now all of a sudden they know you'll catch them. Why? Because it's a knowledge that comes with experience, not a knowledge that comes with a lecture. God is not trying to get us to know him intellectually. God is trying to get us to know him relationally. Discipleship, when we follow Christ, we engage in a relationship with him. But I don't have to follow to know about him. I can read the Bible, know all the facts about Christ that I want, and never do one thing he tells me to do. That's a problem. Because you know the biggest difference between knowing God and knowing about God? I'll show show it this way. When I I taught history in China, we would talk about Mao Zedong, he was the communist leader of China. And I would teach about Mao. Here's the the problem with Mao, He's, he's dead. Okay, so now I know about Mao, but I don't know him like that, like we're not friends. He's not somebody I'm gonna call. He's not somebody that calls me, right? Okay, so here's the difference between knowing about. Like I knew about Mal, but I didn't know Mal like Christ wants us to know him. Because here's the difference. Knowing about God means that you know facts about God. You know God. Awesome. Knowing God in the sense that it surpasses knowledge, knowing God that way, knowing God means God knows you. That's a big difference between me knowing about God and God knowing me. What do I mean by that? Well, look at Matthew 7, 21. Jesus says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father will enter. He continues, On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord. Now, do they know his name? Do they know about God? christ do they know about this lord yeah they're calling his name out lord lord in fact they just don't know about him look at this we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name but i will reply watch this i never knew you get away from me you who break God's law see I can know about God from a distance I can know how he works I can watch from a distance and never follow him I can use him as an excuse for my behavior even if it's good behavior and never follow him because the important thing that God wants to increase in our lives through discipleship is knowledge of him in a way that surpasses facts not intellectually but he wants knowledge that is relational. In order to do this, though, there's a second thing that increases as we are disciples of Christ. The first one is knowledge of God. Here's the second one. You ready? If you go back to Ephesians 3.17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. It doesn't just increase your knowledge of God, it increases your faith in God. Okay? Now, we need to understand correctly what faith is means okay that's a very important thing we need to understand what faith means they're in the greek faith holds two meanings are you ready number one trust number two obey okay my daughter could have stood on the edge of that pool And until her face turned blue, said, I believe you can catch me. I believe you can catch me. I believe you can catch me. She doesn't believe it until she jumps. Because she's put no weight on it. She hasn't done what I've asked her to do. So she can say intellectually, I believe you can catch me. But she doesn't have that relational trust. She's not going to put herself at risk for what she knows up here. That's not faith. god wants us to look jesus wants us to say listen what discipleship forces us to do when we follow is we have to take a step that's part of following so i have to obey i have to trust that what you say is true i have to trust that what you say is good for me i have to take a step i have to believe i have to trust i have to obey With uh, the college last week, I I talked about faith. And I had had an example here. I'm going to use this chair over here. And Kyle, do you mind helping me? I didn't even ask him. I just put him on the spot. First week, he sits on the bottom floor. I'm calling him up to the platform. Kyle, do you mind helping me out? This is my brother, Kyle. I have two chairs up here, okay? I got two chairs up here. Kyle, I appreciate it. I'm sorry to put you on the spot like this. I don't need you to do anything yet. Just stand there, look pretty. All right. So we have (laughs) have two chairs up here. Now, Kyle, if you were to come into my office and I were to ask you to sit down, which chair would you feel more comfortable sitting down in? This one? Now, let me tell you something about this chair. The lumbar support's broken, and it's missing a wheel over here. So... Which one? This one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. All right. I thought I'd clear that up. He'd almost ruined my illustration. So (laughs) you almost got me. All right. So you have the two, you have the two chairs here. This one here looks more sturdy. Like that's not going anywhere. We're good. Okay. This is a metal chair. This one has broken pieces to it. I'm not crazy about sitting in this chair. Okay. Now here's the thing. I can literally sit in this chair this is this is the chair of certainty. I'll sit in this chair, and from certainty, as long as I don't have to act on anything I know about God, I can just know it from this chair. This this doesn't require any faith. Yes, God is real, God exists. Awesome. How's that change your life? Oh no, I mean it's just good to know. I'm still gonna do my thing because I feel like I'm I like being in control. I want to be certain about the decisions I make. I don't want to have to act in any faith. This is certainty. This one here is the chair of faith. This is, the, this is how Christ is going to dwell in my heart. This is how he's going to walk with me. It's through this chair of faith. If I say, Kyle, now listen, go ahead and sit in this chair. Can you do that for me? Now, there's nothing I have to tell Kyle about that chair. He can just sit in it, right? Feel pretty secure? All right, cool. All right, so we feel pretty secure in that chair. Now, Kyle, I want you to sit in the chair of faith. (laughs) Now, wait, wait, wait. Before you sit down, don't lean to your left and don't lean back. So stay on the front of the chair. Can you do that? Can he do that? Of course he can do that. He's not an idiot. All right. (laughs) Yeah, see, this is not faith. He hasn't put any weight on it. Now he's scared because, listen, there you go, slowly, put some weight on it. He's staying there. Good, good. All right, so he's, he's, he's on the chair. <laughs> he's on that chair of faith. Now that chair is not as comfortable. That chair, he's going to have to continue to listen to me while sitting in that chair. He's going to have to heed my command in that chair because if he does what I tell him not to do, I told him, don't lean left, don't lean back. He's falling. When you sit in faith, you better keep your ears open. Because in faith, you have to continually listen and keep communication open because you have a relationship in faith. In certainty, you don't have to listen to me. You got it under control. You know a big difference between these two things, though? Certainty and faith. You feel secure here. But when I say, hey, Kyle, follow me, but don't stand up, which chair moves? This one. The chair of certainty paralyzes, the chair of faith moves. Thank you. Let's give Kyle a hand. Thank you, Kyle. God is not asking us to do the easy thing. He's asking us to do the effective thing. He's not asking us to do the easy thing. He's asking us to do the relational thing. He wants to put you in a position where you can follow. And he chooses faith to dwell in us. And faith moves. And faith keeps it relational. We don't believe in God like kids believe in the Easter bunny. Right, KJ? Let's say, it's good, it's fine to believe in the Easter Bunny, but listen, I hope I didn't just ruin some kid's life in here. <laughs> kids, I should have had a, spoiler alert, close your ears, guys. But let's, <laughs> you, have, you have the Easter Bunny, okay, but what is it about the Easter Bunny that kids love? Is it really anything about the Easter Bunny or the candy that the Easter Bunny lives, right? yeah. I like the Easter Bunny because of what the Easter Bunny gives me. Now, I have never had either one of my kids cry because the Easter Bunny wasn't taking them to school that day. We just wanted a play date with the Easter Bunny. Never happened. Nobody's ever said that. You know why? Because they don't care about the Easter Bunny. They just want the candy. There's so many people that really don't care about Christ. They just want heaven. Heaven. That's not belief, because that requires no trust. That requires no obedience. Christ says, when I say believe, what I mean is the lie is that believing in, in Christ's existence is enough. I'll leave this point with this. James talks about those who believe that, that Christ exists because he says, you know, you say you, you, you believe in one God. One of the versions says, good for you. The devils believe and tremble. The lie is Satan wants to trick you into having demon faith. Faith that believes in the existence but doesn't move in obedience. Discipleship, when you follow Christ it forces you to obey what you know. Therefore, forcing you to grow in a relationship with Christ. Which leads to the next thing. We don't Why do we love Christ? Because he first loved us. Do you know how you know God loves you? Do you know how you know the love of Christ? When you follow in faith and you realize it's good for you and it's for your good, you realize that those commands are an extension of his love. And when you receive the love of God through faith and obedience in him, what increases? Number three, the love for God increases. So the knowledge of God increases. The faith in God increases. And your love for God increases. Because you've tested, you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You know He loves you. Because you've tried it. You've experienced it. You know He's faithful because He didn't leave you in your lowest point. I know he's powerful because he pulled me out of something that I couldn't handle. When I follow and I disciple, my love for God grows because I see God more through my obedience and faith. Here's the lie. His love is transactional. You might think, well, what does that mean? That means it's like a payment, meaning we don't become disciples so that he'll love us more. I don't become a better person so that God loves me more. Do you know what happens with discipleship? God doesn't love me more, I love him more. That's the love that changes. When I become a child of God, when I'm a baby, he loves me. When I'm a grown, mature Christian, he loves me. That's not going to change because his love is not conditioned on how good you are. His love is conditioned or unconditional because He is eternal. It's based on Him. He has no condition. In our culture today, we only interact with people who benefit us. When's the last time, I had to ask myself, when's the last time I have interacted and tried to help somebody who could do nothing for me? That's when I've loved like God loves. I had to ask myself that question. Do you know how convicting that is? But the danger of that is that we believe that I need to become a disciple so God loves me more. Because if I can just clean myself up good enough, he'll love me. No! He, while we were yet sinners, Christ died. He loves you. It's not transactional. He loves us unconditionally. And you might say, well, listen, but he wants us to follow him. Isn't that the transaction? I'll give you, I'll give you love if, I, if you follow. Seems like a transaction to me. Well, you got to be with love if you want it. Right? So, like, where else are you going to get love outside of Christ? No, it's not a transaction. It's common sense. The only real love that there is, is Christ. That's it. And you're not with him, then you don't have access to real love. So yeah, the condition is you're with love. Doesn't that make sense? Two, this leads to our last point. The last thing is that it increases glory to God. If you look at Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. You may say, that's a selfish God who just wants glory for himself. He just wants to be lifted up and glorified. So it is transactional, Mr. Craig. Think of it this way. Let's say I have the cure for cancer, and my dad gets cancer, and I say, Dad, listen, I got the cure. I'm going to give it to you, but here's the thing. I don't want anybody to know. Don't tell anybody about me. Keep it to yourself. Get healed, and move on. Keep this a secret. Don't tell anybody. Is that selfish or loving? you understand that Christ is the cure and if you don't lift up the cure, that's a problem? Christ is not saying he's not this egocentric power hungry selfish God that just wants your praise. No. He is a loving, selfless God that says, you know what, if you can lift up the light, more people in darkness can see it. The more you lift me up, And the more you glorify me, the more people are healed. The more people get the cure. So please lift me up, not for my sake, but for theirs. God asking to be glorified is the most unselfish thing he could do. Because you know how he was lifted up? On a cross. Anybody want to be lifted up like that? He was lifted up by giving his life on a tree and he says you know what please let everyone you know please tell everyone you know about me because i got a cure i am the cure get them to me and i can bring heaven into them discipleship what happens i become a light for my benefit no that's the lie The lie is that discipleship is about me. The lie is that I need to become a disciple so I can become a better person. No. No. I don't know how many times I've had to, in my prayer life, fight that idea. God, I need to follow you so I'm a better person. No. I need to follow you so you enlighten me. You turn on the light in me. For my benefit? For others, a light bulb by illuminating. In what way does it help the light bulb? You know what's happening to the light bulb? It's being burnt. Getting lit up, is that for the light bulb's benefit? No, it's so people don't have to walk around in the dark. You being sanctified and lit up by Christ is not for your benefit. It's so people in this dark world don't have to walk around in the dark anymore. And they can receive life again. They're on the path to death. If they can find Jesus, they can get back to life. So why discipleship? It increases our knowledge of God. It increases our faith in God. It increases our love for God. And it increases glory given to God. Let me wrap this up. How do we know God? Through who? Who gave us access to knowing God? Jesus Christ. How do we believe? It's through His Word, right? Pastor Jordan here had a verse up here. The Word became flesh, right? Who is the Word? So we believe in God through who? Jesus. I know God through Jesus. I believe in God through Jesus. How do I know God loves me? Look at the cross. Jesus, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Who is that son? Christ. So I know God through Jesus. I believe in God through Jesus. I love God because of Jesus. So who should I glorify? Jesus. So can I make it simple? Do you know what our why for discipleship is? Jesus. That's it. Yes, it will increase our knowledge of who? Jesus. It will increase our faith in who? Jesus. It will increase our love for Jesus. And increase glory for Jesus. The why of discipleship is simple. It's to get to Jesus. And to get others to Jesus. Because he is the only way we disciple and we are discipled because there is a lost world walking around in darkness and they need the light of Christ that's our why the charge I have for our our church today is simple here's what I am committing I'm committing to the church I will spend the rest of my life knowing believing loving And glorifying my Savior. So the world will see and hear the good news. That's it. That's my purpose here on this earth. Because if it was just simply to be just like Jesus. Why not just take me now? He can make me perfect with him now. Why keep me in this world of darkness? If my purpose is just to be a good person. No, he keeps me in this world on darkness to turn on some lights. It's so the world sees the good news. If you want to start that journey, there's a couple ways you can do that. Last week we had a sign up sheet at the back of the church. We do on the desk out in the foyer. We have a sign up sheet still. We have a sign up sheet out here in the atrium. And I've even set up an event on our church planning center to where you can sign up online to be part of our discipleship program. Once again, We're not calling you to a program. We're calling you to a person. Maybe the program will help you get there. And so if you are interested in that, please sign up. We'll get you in a group and we'll start following and loving and seeing practical ways to love our Savior. Practical ways to follow him so that people around us in Hot Springs can see light. So please sign up for that today and at this time, I'm going to once again invite those who have not began their journey with Christ. If you are not a follower of Christ and you say, listen, I'm interested. I just don't know if I can make that call yet. That's fine. Would you please come up to the front and talk to one of us? We'll be standing on the left and right here at the stage. Would you please come talk to us? We'd like to have at least that conversation with you. Because I promise you, everybody in this church wants more people to know Christ. There is nothing better than knowing our Savior. There is no life more exciting, more fulfilling, more purposeful than knowing Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you, and we thank you so much for being our savior thank you for bringing heaven back to earth thank you for mending the broken relationship that we had with god lord we do want to know you more we want to believe you more we want to trust and obey you more we want to we want to love you more and we want to glorify you more because we do see the world around us we know it's dark And we know there's no other name that can free except your name. There's no other way. Only you. Lord, I pray that as we follow you, I pray that you would reveal things to us that we need to drop so that we can pursue you. So that you would be glorified and lifted up among the lost. Lord, we want to sacrifice those. It would be our joy. It would be our honor so that we can follow you. Please work in our hearts now and throughout this week, every day. Teach us to follow you. Please help us, give us faith to act on what we know. It's a life or death calling. We love you so much and thank you, thank you, thank you for making a way. It's in your name we pray all of these things. Amen. Would you please stand?